Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Welcome to the show. So go ahead and tell us, you know, who you are and a little bit about what you do. Hi, thank you for having me. My name is Antoinette Newton Aqua, but my friends refer to me as Tony. And so you two could also call me Tony. Um, amongst many things, I am an entrepreneur. I started an African wellness company called Flowers and Moon Dust. We offer African superfoods and beauty products, all ethically sourced from my home country of Ghana, West Africa. Um, the mission of Flowers and Moon Dust is to recenter African holistic healing and um, to recenter holistic wellness from an African perspective and to reconnect people to the African roots. Um, and also to, to diversify the wellness conversation and to put or to shape, reimagine Africa as a source of healing the way we do like um, China and India and things like that. So that's a little bit about um, myself and about the business. You said reimagine Africa as a source of healing, the original source of healing. I love that you, you know, mentioned that and that you are following your own purpose because, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the more that I feel like the more that people lean into what they're called to do, the better off we all are. You know what I mean? And we all have a, a corner of the earth that hopefully we're able to do our work. And I'm so glad that we connected because you had, you know, reached out to me. And um, if you hadn't, I would have never come across, you know what I mean? Like your business and your mission and what you're doing. And I was like, oh, my goodness, there's other people in the world that, you know, um, are doing the same thing that I'm trying to do in a different way. And so it's so beautiful to see um, that whole process. So I, I love the power of, you know, showing up on social media on purpose in order to connect with people that are genuinely a part of your tribe, even if they are thousands of miles away, you know, in different countries or whatever the case may be. So tell us about, you know, because I know you have different blog posts. It's not just about products. What you're doing is promoting healing and wellness and holistic um, recentering, like you mentioned. And so you also feature other people on your site and what they're doing. Tell me the, the purpose behind that. Um, so when I think about the ways in which I want my company to show up in the wellness space, it's definitely built around community. And I can't, I can't offer the type of healing that I want people to experience by myself. But I know people that if we come together, we could offer that holistic experience. So I'm bringing forth people who do yoga, people who do meditation, people who talk about financial um, literacy and health and different aspects of um, healing, whether it's the mind, body or soul. I cannot as one person do that by myself. I definitely need community and I definitely want people who interact with flowers and moon dust to be able to have access to different modalities of healing. And yes, we do offer products, like I said, um, superfoods and African beauty products, but even that is um, with purpose. So I work with um, local Ghanaian artisans um, who make everything by hand and 
I, I pay them above market value for their products and for their work. So that is to financially empower our communities. And um, when I think about expansion, I always think about how can I always put the community first? Um, and so that's why I purposefully bring other people onto the platform and bring other people onto into the space because I feel like one of the main things about African culture that I think spreads across the continent is that we understand that community is important to our well-being. When I lived in Ghana, I'm currently back in the States, but your aunties could reprimand you, your uncles could tell you about yourself, your neighbor down the street can can help nurture and foster your upbringing. It's really communal living. And I feel like part of that was lost in the diaspora, um, especially in the United States where I was born. Um, it's a lot of individualism, um, even now as we're navigating through a pandemic, I feel like we see the ways in which a lot of people are only thinking about themselves and not about the greater community. And so like really reconnecting to that part of our African ancestral roots and really prioritizing community. And that is why I bring all these people together onto my platform. I absolutely love it because, you know, I, I envision and I see and I, um, support the same exact thing and so it's good to see other people kind of having that same mission in mind and seeing you know the gaps in in our experiences being different um and you being from ghana i'm from the other side i'm from the east side right i'm from uganda but you know you mentioned that there's some common themes some common threads that are throughout the whole continent and that idea of community is one of them you know um so you said you were did you say you were born in the states Yes. Um, so I was born in upstate New York. Um, and then as a baby, I went right back to Ghana. So my um, parents just wanted to make sure I had that U.S. passport um, just because it's easier yeah. um, to, ac- to access certain privileges that the States does offer. Um, and so I came back to the States when it was time for me to start school. And um, so I my First memories are in Ghana, but then my formative years were back in the States. And we actually ended up moving to the suburbs outside of um, Philadelphia. So I grew up in a predominantly like white neighborhood. Um, I would say working middle class family. Um, But yeah, that's where I grew up is in the States. So, you know, it was probably the first time I was ever asked that question when you when you had asked me to guest blog for your site and you mentioned or asked about being um, being in the diaspora or first generation and I was like what like it was you know what I mean like it's something that to me I know is very um, significant to my story but for for someone else to kind of see that and ask about it was new because I don't feel like that's something that typically people I don't know want to talk about or want to know about um so I kind of in turn want to ask you about your experience of um of having this different way of of experiencing the world if that makes sense because I feel like it's different when you um are kind of like a third culture kid or first generation person? 
Oh, it's definitely different. Um, it's it, it becomes a thing where you're not one or the other. You're both and. And I feel like a lot of times people are forcing you to choose. Um, so in my household, it was very much a Ghanaian household, right? But then when you go outside of the world and you're at school, it's 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 not so much the case. Um, and so you you grow up as an American kid and you kind of clash with your um, the the culture of your homeland, which for me was Ghana. And sometimes I felt like my my mom, um, which I grew up in a single parent household, my mom didn't necessarily understand the struggles of um, growing up in America because that's not her experience. Um, and I I also in turn did not understand her, where she was coming from because I didn't grow up in Ghana. And so you end up clashing a little bit and trying to like negotiate or trying to navigate um, different spaces as a third culture child. And I feel like now that I'm older, I can appreciate where she was coming from, but I could also appreciate my experiences as an American child, right? Um, so it's not like I, I reject any part of my identity or any part of my upbringing, but it's made me the person who I am today. And I'm very thankful for both of those experiences. And I can appreciate both cultures for what they have been able to teach me. Yeah, that's important, you know, and I, I think that until you're able to, I don't know, see um, from the outside looking in or become aware of the the experience being different um, from a different vantage point that you that it can be really isolating and quite mm-hmm. lonely at times because I know personally and then it wasn't until I was an adult and talked to my cousin whose name is also Jacent, um that that it's a thing like it's a whole thing and I was just like wait like you had that experience too like I thought I was by myself in this and so it's crazy to me to have found my niche and being and working with women with women of color who the majority of them happen to be um first generation um and third culture and being able to speak to their experience and say like wow like this is something that is that is a a very common experience because especially depending on what kind of household you grew up in. I say I grew up in a Ugandan house in America and it wasn't even like, and it's like a different kind of Ugandan house in America. Cause it's not completely a hundred percent like, like how it would be in Uganda. So it's, there's so many levels and layers to it and just feeling like growing up and not feeling like you fit in anywhere and not knowing exactly where your place is and having to switch up or um, be able to, to change for different environments. Um, is a common experience and so you speaking to that and being able to say like now you can see where she was coming from maybe more than you were able to as a younger person and um i think that one of the things that could be continually helpful for families is is how do we get better at listening to each other um not to respond but just to to seek to understand even if it's not our own you know, our own experience for parents to listen to their kids to understand and for kids to listen to their parents just to understand, you know? Um, yes, it, it was very difficult. I don't want to make it seem like that um, the transition from childhood to adulthood was like a walk in the park. It was not. I was angry a lot of the time. <laughs> um, and it took a lot of um, self-reflection 
um, for me to negotiate some of these identities um, because I felt like in America, they saw me as Ghanaian. But when I went to Ghana, they saw me as American. And I was just like, wait, so what, what, where do I fit in? And it's like, and, and I had to like imagine myself as a third culture. And with, that's why I love that term so much, where you're able to exist in both spaces and you don't have to choose am I American or am I Ghanaian? I could be both and I could be content with that. Um, it took a lot of reflection, a lot of sessions in therapy. <laughs> um, it wasn't um, just an overnight thing. I woke up and I was comfortable with the person that I am. And that's why I always encourage people to do that like holistic healing work um, and not just look at one aspect of your health, but your health as a, as a total being. Um, and and when it comes to like third cultured kids, like I my heart goes out to them because I know it's a process and not everyone arrives to that um, feeling of contentment at the same time. So just getting um, yourself in a space where you feel supported in order to do that self-work is very important. For sure. You know, um, I think hopefully everyone would come to whatever crossroad where they're ready to to more consciously and intentionally do that work and I know that flowers and moon dust is a part of that right like it's a holistic thing it's not just from from one aspect or area that we're hopefully hitting on these things that we're hitting it from the internally you know what I mean externally relationally um so that we can we can collectively kind of move forward together you know Exactly. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit more about the how Flowers and Moondust came to be, because I think the inception of it is so important to understanding the foundation and what it means to me personally and what um, I hope it means to other people when they interact with it. So um, in 2017, at the end of the, in like December, I think it was literally like maybe uh, the day after my what was I 24 25th birthday, um, my father passed away. And as I said, I grew up in a single parent household. It was my mom that I lived with. They had separated when I was really young, and I hadn't really had the opportunity to develop the father daughter relationship that I wanted. And so when he passed away, I was devastated um, because not only had I lost um, him as a person, but I also lost in my mind the, the opportunity to be able to mend, um, mend the relationship and to build something that I so desperately wanted and felt that I needed. And um, so when he passed away, my family in Ghana was like, oh, you should come back. Um, and take time off and just relax and grieve and heal and all of that good stuff. So that's what propelled me back to my homeland, my home country in the first place, was through something that was um, very uh, traumatic, the death of a parent that wasn't necessarily in your life. The death of a parent, period, but even more so the fact that he wasn't part of my life made it harder for me to grapple with. And so... When I went back, I was very much confused. Um, I was very much in pain. I was very much hurting. Um, and it was through talking to people. It was through traveling um, around different areas of Ghana. It was through meeting um, holistic healers 
um, that really allowed me to tap into um, the ancestral world and really understand that although my dad is not with me in the physical realm, he's part of the ancestors and he can very much be my ancestral guide moving forward. Um, And I even like to say that his death was like his final gift to me because it set me on this trajectory for me to have this beautiful business um, that I hold so dear to my heart, right? Um, And so really thinking about how the the universe gives you what you want or propels you into different directions without you even um, necessarily always asking you know what I mean? Um, or without you necessarily always being ready. Sometimes it just pushes you to to new areas and new places and opens up new opportunities for you. And it's up to you to like seize it and to make the best of it. And um, so I, I dedicated the foundation of my company to my dad. And um, so whenever I feel like giving up or whenever I'm having like a tough time, I always think about him and um just just that gives me the willpower to be able to like continue onward and push onward so I just wanted to offer that um little bit about myself and about the foundation of flowers and moon dust wow I'm getting goosebumps as you're talking because now I'm remembering you know more of um when you had first reached out because I think you had mentioned that to me um and it's wild because you know what my dad passed away when I was about 24 years old and so that was what spurred me going back to Uganda for the first time since I was a baby um I wasn't able to make it back in time for uh you know the services but I went excuse me I went back um you know a few months later and as you're mentioning you know visiting different places and um and meeting different people going to my dad's village and seeing, you know, all of my family that lives in Uganda that I haven't seen since I was a baby um, was a part of what was really helpful in in continuing to heal from that process, because I do feel like it's not something that, you know, um, is changed overnight. And so walking, you know, on on the land, I know he he used to walk and go to school and all of this stuff. And he lived in the States, but he went back to Uganda when he when I was about 15 ish. So it had been some time since I'd seen him in the first place, but to go and be in um, the land, you know, the place where he was born and where his family lives and to see um, all of them and to, to be connected. I think especially because one of the things I think that I didn't realize until I went back was how different I felt here because when I went back and everyone looks like me, I'm like, is everybody my cousin? Like what's going, <laughs> what's going on here? Like, wow. <laughs> you know? And so I go back, I meet my dad's family. I'm looking at them and I'm looking at their physique and I'm like, we have the same feet. Like what's going on here? Like, it's just crazy to really feel like, Oh my gosh, like these people, I'm a part of these people. These people are a part of me that I knew logically, but there's something different about experiencing it and knowing viscerally like in your body. And so as you're mentioning that, I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Cause that was my experience. And that's why I always, you know, urge people um, to travel more and to, to learn more about their, their, their cultural background and their heritage um, 
in every way that they can, because I think that there is healing in that. Anytime I touch down, touch down and, and go back to Uganda specifically, but I feel like even when I was in South Africa, I felt it. I feel like anywhere I go on the continent, I'm going to, I'm going to be recharged if that makes sense. Um, but especially when you go back to your place, it's going to recharge you in a way that is really difficult to explain without having the experience. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like anytime I touch down on the continent the same way. And I also realized that a lot of the um, nation states that we created were very arbitrary. Like literally someone sat there with a pen and was like, here is Ghana, here <laughs> is Nigeria. <laughs> Um, and so I feel like the land itself is is has so much abundant healing outside of the nation state. So although I am from Ghana, I do want to explore mm-hmm. Togo, Benin, Senegal, like Uganda, Rwanda, like all of it, because there's so much healing and so much history in all of these places that I feel like we could all benefit from. And a, a lot of the, the, the collective um, conscious about Africa isn't necessarily one of healing and one of empowerment. And I feel like it should be. Um, and so how do we create that narrative? How do we allow people to reimagine Africa as this place of abundant healing? What does that look like for us, especially as Black women or um, people in the African diaspora? What does that look like for us to reconnect to a land that could offer us so much in terms of our own personal healing? And I, I feel like um, that's that's the question that I'm constantly asking myself. And that's the question that um, I hope others um, also ask themselves and as they return back home or um, as they embark on their own healing journeys, um, really thinking about the land itself and the people that once walked there and what that looked like. And and I also feel like when you connect to like your ancestors or the place that you're from, you're able to see um, time in more of like a, a circular um, modality as, a place, as opposed to linear. And and I think there's power in knowing that there's someone who came before you and that there are people that are going to come after you. I, I find solace in that. Definitely. Yes. I hear you on that. I'm like, Ooh, I got somebody to go to Ghana with. <laughs> I like to travel with people that are from wherever that place is. Cause you know, I want oh, to get, like, abso- the, the I local know. experience <laughs> and all that, you know? And so I'm like, okay, anybody listening, if you were from a different country in Africa, anywhere, actually, I'm fine with going anywhere, but reach out because I'm trying to have a travel buddy everywhere that I go. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, un- well, we have to wait for it to I be know. safe to travel. None look. of these African countries are accepting Americans <laughs> right now. They're like, we do not want you back. Exactly. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. But you know, a girl can dream. I'm planning for the future. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. I actually um, attempted to do like a wellness retreat, but that's hard. Planning stuff like that is very difficult. I learned the hard way Oh my goodness. Um, that planning anything sort of like a retreat takes a lot of like work. And right now I'm the sole owner and mm-hmm. the only person working Flowers and Munda. So as hopefully my team grows, I'm going to be able to offer things like retreats, wellness retreats back in Ghana um, and see what that looked like if we could build a community around that as well. Don't play around. Me and my cousin have a nonprofit. We actually do something along those lines. So we're going to have to chat about that. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So 
what are some of the the most popular kind of go-to um, items that Flowers and Moon Dust offers? Right. So on the beauty side, I would say our top selling product is the Golden Shea Butter, which um, is organic shea butter mixed with baobab oil and coconut oil and raw wild honey and some local herbs. Um, and it's 100% handmade by this amazing lady um, in Accra. Um, and literally my skin feels so nourished every time I use it. Um, I've gotten so much amazing feedback from it. And it's and I personally don't use any like essential oils in any of the products because I know um, it could be inflammatory for people with sensitive skin. So when I'm thinking about the formulations of the product, I'm always thinking about, is this safe enough to use on a baby's skin? Um, so there's absolutely like no harmful chemicals. Not, we're talking natural, raw, organic, straight from the motherland, okay? Um, and so the Golden Shea Butter is our top selling product on the beauty side. And then on the superfood side, I would say the Tiger Nut Powder is the top selling product. Um, if you're not familiar with tiger nuts, they're like these small, they look like, um, they, they look like a nut and they, they're kind of wrinkly, but they're not a nut. They're, it's a tuber, kind of like a sweet potato. And it has like a nutty um, taste to it. In Ghana, they sell it like on the roadside and you could just eat it raw, but we've refined it to a powder. And you could put it in your oatmeal and your smoothies and your juices um, and your baked goods. Sometimes I make like a pancake out of them. And it's really good for like um, your gut health. Um, it's a, a probiotic and a prebiotic and it has fiber in it. So it regulates your digestive system and it's it tastes amazing. Like sometimes like I literally take a scoop out of the bag and just eat it straight. Um, so I really enjoy the tiger nut powder. And I would say that's our top selling product there. But we also have moringa powder. We have baobab powder. We have raw cocoa powder as well. So you could, all of this is on the website. So you could go ahead and take a look and read through all of like the nutritional benefits. And it's all locally sourced from um, local farmers in Ghana. Yeah, that leads that could that's a whole different podcast episode. But I just feel like... Um specifically I have this crazy theory I'm sure there's like some some kind of basis to whatever I think but I feel like if our bodies were made in a specific place like they were also made to thrive on specific things if that makes sense and so because we are removed from you know the motherland um, hopefully we do our best to to continue to use and um, and internally and externally the things that our bodies were naturally formed on because I feel like that's what helps us to thrive the most. Um, thankfully, we already genetically are like superheroes, but <laughs> but how do we help to best preserve and maintain and cultivate wellness and ease in our bodies? And you have these products that are straight from the motherland. I love knowing exactly where my stuff is coming from. You know what I mean? It's so important to be able to trace back you know the lineage (laughs) of your products so that you know the quality that you know what's in them and so I love that you are just very transparent and you're very intentional about what you're doing I got my I got myself my little flowers and moon dust package that listen I until you just said it I was like I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with this tiger nut but it's gonna be great (laughs) whatever it is it's gonna be great so I'm glad you explained that (laughs) 
Oh, yes. And I myself, I'm um, plant-based. I, I don't do dairy. I don't do um, any meat, 100% plant-based. And I, I came to that conclusion, like, I think I was in college, like a sophomore in college, when I decided to make that transition. Just because for me personally, it works better with my body. Um, and when I went back to Ghana, I met with like a herbalist and holistic healer who told me that our ancestors, the, his grandmother and his his people were basically um, plant based on a plant based diet. And that's how they thrived. Um, and it wasn't until um, colonialism that they introduced more of a, a, a meat based eating system in um, his specific like um tribe and things like that so i thought that was really interesting that something that works for me um also was something that my ancestors also practiced it's just like wow that's it's crazy how things don't necessarily things are cyclical in that way and so i promote plant-based diets um but to each their own i feel like everyone has to come to that conclusion on their own I could live by example um but I I I do think in the states um specifically people aren't so concerned about where their food is coming from and they should be um you have a lot of these mass corporations just pumping all sorts of nonsense into our foods um just for profit and even thinking about like in Ghana like there's a season to each um food item so maybe like it's avocado season it's mango season it's this season that season whereas here it's everything is available 24 7 because of the um, inorganic ways in which they're mass producing stuff so I feel like people need to be more intentional about the things that they put in their bodies and knowing where their food comes from that's all part of your holistic health and healing and overall well-being because what you put in your body affects your mind, affects your emotions, affects your physical body. And that's the kind of conversations I want us to be having, especially, especially as Black people. Um, I feel like we need that sort of um, awakening within our communities. I swear, Tony, we're best friends. (laughs) In my head. I'm like, this is my best friend. Because everything that you say, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And so I, I stopped eating meat probably, well, when did I stop? January 1st, 2019 is when I was in Uganda and I stopped eating meat. And it was easy to not eat meat while I was there. It's easy to, to have a plant-based diet while I was there. Um, and when you listen to your intuition, right, when you're, in, when you're intuitive in hearing what your body is telling you, it's going to naturally guide you to what it wants and needs you know what I mean and I feel like we just have a lot of noise a lot of the time getting in the way of us being able to hear what our mind and our body and our spirit is trying to tell us so I love that you know you're hitting on that holistic piece because for some reason I feel like we get broken down into and like segmented um in the day-to-day life of things being very busy and and just being separated from living in a naturally well environment in America we don't this is not an environment or a lifestyle that's conducive to wellness by nature so we have to induce the wellness on purpose mm-hmm. and so it's 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 a process and everyone is at their own place in that journey but I think that the more people are having the conversation hopefully the more people are are coming to the conscious understanding um, of what works best for them you know what I mean 
Oh, absolutely. And I just want to say that that segmentation is very intentional by certain groups of people who don't want you to access that that health and wellness, because when you're well and you're content, you don't spend as much money, right? Um, and so just these kinds of conversations are so important. And, and I'm always striving to have dialogue um, with my community, um, not just my business community, but within my personal community as well. So I, you're also my best friend in my head, girl. It's two-way street, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we might have to do a live and just talk about the wellness aspects and have a different conversation at some point. I want to make sure that we know where to contact you, where to find, you know, these amazing organic, real products, right? Like organic, even the word is only in existence because there's something fake, you know, like for it was all real. So like for there to be something that's like organic means that that's because the things that are not labeled organic or that we know are not organic are not real. But anyway, that's a whole different conversation. Sis, you just, you could get me going on multiple tangents, but I totally agree. (laughs) Everything should be organic by default, but you can um, get in touch with me. Um, My, Business email is hello at flowersandmoondust.com. Um, I typically respond within 24 to 48 hours. Um, on social media, we're at Flowers and Moondust. I'm on Instagram, Facebook. I'm on Twitter, but not really. <laughs> Twitter's <laughs> there. But it's at Flowers and Moondust across all the platforms. Um, the website, www.flowersandmoondust.com. Um, And if you have any questions, you could always slide into the DMs, whether it's on Facebook, um, Instagram, or the email. I check those regularly, and I do my best to respond to everyone because community is important to me, which means customer service is very important to me as well. Um, And I just want to make sure everyone is heard and appreciated and they feel the love um, when they're um, interacting with Flowers and Moondust and with myself. Well, thank you, Tony. I only have love and appreciation for you and everything that you're doing. I'm so grateful that you have, you know, been able to take some time to share with us these amazing gems, to share with us, you know, your mission and your project and the products that are helping us to holistically, you know, come back to ourselves. And um, we'll definitely make sure to follow you and engage and comment and and get stuff from you. Um, But again, I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.